Hey guys, what's going on? G-Man here. Thank you so much for checking out the debut episode of Blue Line Icing, the newest podcast on the Thunderblogs bullpen card podcast feed. That is right. We are adding a hockey podcast to the feed. It is myself and Greg the Prophet Piatelli. We are talking NHL. We're getting you caught up on what you might have missed if you have not been paying attention to the first month plus, nearly two months of action in the NHL. We look through our biggest surprises, both positively and negatively, along with the players you need to know about, different storylines. Really interested in hearing what you guys think because obviously this is the first one where you have a lot of runway to work with in terms of going forward. So let us know what you think in those comments, both on thunderblogsports.com. On Twitter, you can tweet at us, thunderblg. Same thing on Instagram, but that is Thunderblog Sports, just like our website. Again, follow us on iTunes. The Bullpen Cart is the name of the podcast feed. But this was a ton of fun to record. I cannot wait to hear what you guys think. Let us know in the comments. Here we go. Episode of the Blue Line Icing Podcast, presented by ThunderBlogSports.com, a part of the Bullpen Card Podcast feed, a new podcast on our feed covering, as you might guess, hockey and the NHL and everything surrounding it. I, of course, am the G-Man, Jordy Cannell, and joining me, since it's been about a month and a half since we heard his glorious voice, is my man, Greg Piatelli. How are you, my friend? I would say the World Series hangover is uh, just starting to uh, kick in, I guess. You could say I've been World Series euphoric, uh, drunk, you, until you this moment. Bon- right into the Thunder Cup. Until, exactly, until this moment. So, uh, you know, I think it's, it's, it's like that, like when you're falling asleep or when you lay down after drinking all day and night and you, you like feel like, okay, I'm going to be in trouble tomorrow. That's where Are I am right spins? now. Do the spins from the World Series? You know what I mean? Like that that's sort of like, okay, this is awesome. This is an epic, epic night. I feel good now, but I'm gonna feel like crap tomorrow. That's what I am right now. So we'll we'll still loving it, feel good, but uh I woke up, look around, and see the Bruins and Celtics uh not quite living up to their preseason uh expectations, if you will. Yeah, the expectations are, uh, we'll get to those. We're going to talk about those a little bit. Obviously, uh, talking about hockey, uh, the Flyers, we'll have a a lot to talk about with them. Uh, The Sixers doing well, though. But kind of give a background of how we come on to this. Time out. Okay, time out. (laughs) Why would we have a lot to to talk about for a ninth out of tenth place team? Or no, not even more than that. No, they're second. eight out of eight in the Met- in the Metropolitan Division. Okay, but they're they're ninth out of tenth in the wild cards. So they're not even close to that. Like, why why would we have a lot to talk about with the Flyers? They just fired their GM. It's I a know. big deal. I'm right? just messed with you. All right, all right. You all right. and I'll get when we talk about the Flyers, we can t- we can get it. But kind of as a background, that that is something we you've probably if you listen to the end of the bullpen cart podcasts with me and Greg, we have talked some hockey, some basketball. More hockey, though, because Greg and I both played it and, and pay more attention to it. 
Um, so we finally decided partially cause I miss hearing Greg's voice every week since, uh, you know, we have Oh, so many days until spring training begins and partially just cause we love the NHL and love talking about it, decided to do this podcast. I know we've been talking about it for a couple of weeks. Um, but with, the World Series and the MLB playoffs right at the start of the hockey season. And then with the week surrounding Christmas or not Christmas, Thanksgiving and, you know, all of that and college football heating up, it was a little tough to try to get everybody lined up. And that includes Matt with the Fun V Tailgate podcast. So we finally figured out to how to get this off the ground. And the Flyers firing was a little bit of the, or the Flyers, uh, Hextall firing was a little bit of the catalyst for that. So, we really do want to hear what you guys think of in the comments, both on iTunes and on the blog post on thunderblogsports.com. But yeah, Greg, um, yeah, the NHL season, it's been, you know, some teams are, are looking like what we expected coming into the year. Other teams are a little disappointing. What have your thoughts been from the first couple, probably month and a half of the season? Um, I think, I mean, for being honest, I think that hockey is on an upswing. I think it's on an uptick, and I think a ton of people tuned in last year, partly because of the Vegas story, and um, partly because Ovechkin. You know, it's good when one of the super best superstars wins, um, especially a likable guy who's out there. You know, like so yeah, Crosby wins all the time, but Crosby's more of a you know go to work every day and and don't don't brag about it. Whereas Ovechkin is sort of a doesn't say brag, but he's much more of a character and personality. So, um, you know, I think hockey's on an ups, upswing and part of that is, uh, Instagram and social media helping it with all the videos and, and people being able to see it live and or be able to, um, see the superstars and, and how much young talent there is in the NHL. Um, and the other part of it is I think people are realizing that it's just a, it's a great time. Best, best sporting event live. Um, Yes, I did play hockey, but at the same time, you know, I played a whole bunch of other sports, and there, nothing really, com- nothing really compares to uh, a live NHL game, uh, in my opinion. What do you think so far? Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think definitely the end of last year, hearing that this Vegas team and sort of the stories surrounding them on the entire season, it definitely helped keep an eye out on the sport especially in the U S because in Canada, it obviously is King, but it definitely helped with the regular season story because you hear a lot of different sports fans that say they're more playoff hockey fans and, and things like that. But I think that that momentum certainly is carried it through, especially with Ovechkin and coming off the world series or the Stanley cup and them basically just partying through the summer I'd even say even some of the news stories because people saw Tom Wilson and all the stuff he was doing during the playoffs and him having his whole saga, if you will, um, throughout the first 25-ish games of the season uh, and the suspensions, the non-suspensions, the appeals, all that good stuff. So I think the storylines, along with the social media, I think you're absolutely right there. I think hockey does a really great job of the team camaraderie of it and the fact that the they aren't afraid to show not like them getting absolutely hammered, but hockey players are so much are so much more open of showing their team parties of them dressing up on Halloween. Not that NBA players aren't either, mm. but at least you get a really good glimpse into their lives, what they do with that, and and all the different teammate costumes. Whether it's you know the Mario Kart type uh, type team costume or something like that. So I feel 
the social media game of, the, of these players is certainly on the upswing. And the fact that you have so many different young guys, and it seems like there's more and more and more every single year that are emerging as the faces of the NHL, really getting out there on social media, whether it's Connor McDavid, whether it's a guy like Patrick Laine or PK Subban or you know whomever. It just really is. It's helping to really. Yeah, I mean, McDavid grow, grow the exposure. McDavid was just on the cover of GQ, and uh, so was uh, earlier was Matthews, maybe right? Yeah, yeah, Austin Matthews was. So I mean, you know, how often does a hockey player get on GQ? And Subban obviously uh, is all over the place with his social media pre- pres- presence and everything. So and with Lindsey Vaughn. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's on an upswing, and, and it's awesome to see because. The talent, uh, at least in our lifetime, yeah, we've had some that you and I have seen have, have seen some top players, but top yeah, to we bottom, were alive for the for the last nine years of Gretzky. So. Yeah, but I'm saying top to bottom, the depth I think is, is. Oh, it's so much. It's so great. Yeah, truly, and and that's uh, there's so much youth and so much young talent, and you know nothing nothing more exciting than that North American under 25 or whatever team, whatever age was. Uh, oh yeah, you know, Team North America from the World Cup. And how many? Yeah, how many of those guys are are leading goal scorers now in in the NHL? And and so it, it's crazy. It's awesome. Um, yeah. So Jordy, let's let's transition here. Professional transition. Uh, what is your biggest surprise in terms of Eastern Conference for for team? And it can be. Let's get let's get your biggest positive surprise. My biggest positive surprise is going to be the New York Rangers. I think their story kind of coming in, you you heard they're going to be this aging team with some mm. with a lot of young talent. They have guys, you know, like Jimmy VC. They still have uh they still have Kevin Hayes. They have a lot of guys, but you really the big story was going to be are they going to deal Hank, Henrik Lundquist? And he's obviously been very good for them. And even on a bet on back to back losses, they bounced back pretty well in uh in their most recent game. But the Rangers currently sit in third place in the Metropolitan Division. Uh, they have 28 points. They're three back of the Capitals. They're seven back of the Tampa Bay Lightning in terms of number one in the East. Um, but they, you know, despite the fact that their goal differentials is negative, it's 75 goals for and, and 76 against, they certainly are putting together some good wins. And it's it's been a great story at home, especially at Madison Square Garden. I don't know, Greg, I'm, I think you've been there for a game, but that is definitely one of the more because you hear about it so much more for basketball, but it's definitely a great hockey venue and the Rangers put on a good show. So seeing them currently at a 10 and four home record, uh, not the best road team. So we'll see if they can either write that ship or if that's going to eventually catch up to them one side or the other, but uh, a team that really was sort of an afterthought in a division that features Sidney Crosby and the Penguins, the devils and all the young talent they have, the Stanley cup champion capitals, the blue jackets, the defensive stalwarts they normally are. And, Sadly, the Flyers and the uh, the hype their yeah. offense showed at the beginning of the year. Yeah. Uh, the Rangers and the Islanders, who are also right there, both seemed like afterthoughts. Yeah, no, you're 100 percent right, and and they have a rookie head coach, former BU uh, head coach, Boston guy, played at Kent under uh, um, my dad. Not a big deal, um, oh, David not a Quinn. Big deal. Yeah, David Quinn. Um, no, so out of the, you, you mentioned that they're like an older team, but Jordy, out of 15 forwards that they have currently list, currently listed on their roster. Yeah, I, I only two realized of them, I was, was only, wrong. Only two of them are born in the 80s. Yeah. And one of them I realized I was pretty quickly wrong in saying that just because I was thinking of Han- really Hank, but also Zuccarello. 
uh, and a couple of those other guys. Mark know, Stahl on defense. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah but that's How old's thing is- Jen Kirk? He's got to get up. He's got to be close to 30. He's 89, so yeah, he's yeah, 29 right. years old. Yeah, no, so, but they also made some trades, right? They they got rid of some guys and brought in some even more young guys um, recently, like Ryan Strom and, and, and things like that. So That's they, a good point, yeah. Yeah, and it's funny because you would think a team that is stacking up on young talent is in a rebuilding mode, but um, if you can it's rebuild, right yeah, if you can rebuild and win at the same time, I mean, that's that's a pretty good combo, and and yeah, I don't know how long they're gonna hold this this third place right now, and and three three points out of uh, first for them. You know, with Pittsburgh obviously going to have a run at some point, and um, you know, you mentioned the other teams in their division, so it'd be cool if they could do it and keep it up. Um, but at some point, Lundqvist is going to get tired and blah blah blah. So great choice there, Jordy, uh, for a hot team or for biggest surprise. I'm going to go with the other team, uh, the New York Islanders. Yeah, that's a really good uh, pick. Thank you. Losing their best. more sustainable pick than than the Rangers, to be honest. No, the Rangers are my first choice, but because you picked them, okay. Um, I turned over there and switched to the Islanders mainly because their best player is gone. Yeah, yeah. Everyone expected them to. Everyone thought they were going to be dead last. Yeah, everyone expected like... them to be the worst, if not second to worst. <laughs> um, yeah. But I mean, surprisingly, and and um, you know, probably to everyone, but they've done really well, and and for whatever reason, and you know, a big reason is, um, you know, Barzell and ba- Josh Bailey and Anders Lee, um, the Eberly, you know, they have some guys who are putting up some points, um for this team and, and their goalies Grice is 2.45 goals against. Yeah. You know, he's been four, solid. Yeah. Eight and four record. I mean, that's pretty save percentage of point or of nine two five. That's really good. So, um, you know, they're finding ways to win, I guess, you know, and that's, that's all you really need in the NHL. And, and that's a big, yeah, big surprise for me. Uh, they have a plus goal differential. So, um, it's crazy. They're just in the, you know, they're they're just in the the good division. Yeah, and and the the thing with them too is there's only a few teams in the Eastern Conference that have let up fewer goals, and only one in their division. That's Carolina Hurricanes. But every other team that's in that's in the other division that has let up lesser goals. Tampa Bay was a solid goalie. Toronto was a solid goalie and a solid defensive core. The Bruins, same case, and if not better. And then the Sabres, who have been an absolute unit recently, winning nine straight. So, I mean, good for the Islanders. Again, kind of the same theme of they were kind of left out to dry when Tavares left. And even bringing in Barry Trotz, who got his ring last night, good for him, in a uh, road loss. But, yeah. you know, they've definitely been a great surprise and a good story. No, and, and great segue there, bringing up the Sabres, because, I mean, how can we – you would think that everyone would be taught we should – that would be the big surprise of the season, but – I thought well, they were going to be pretty good coming well, in. Exactly, and that's the yeah. thing that if, if people don't know you and I, I mean, we're we're been high on the Sabers for a couple of years now. Um, you know, Eichel and Skinner and Palmaville and um, Reinhardt. Yep, yep. Connor Sheary, you know, Casey Middlestat, uh, World Junior kid from last year. Obviously, 
Dahlin, World Juniors, Sabodka. Yep. Uh, you know, they have some names that are just, you know, unreal and, and some. Yeah. I mean, their biggest weakness, I would say, is their goaltending. But, you know, even their goaltending, they have a couple guys that are 2.5, 2.52, 2.53 save percentage. So they're they're not bad. They're getting good goaltending. And, uh, I mean, another team that's so young that, that with the right contracts could be good for a couple of years here. So yeah. um, for me, I mean, honorable mention goes to them. But, I, like I said, I think you and I – we're higher on them than the public. Oh yeah, absolutely. I think yes, especially once they got the Skinner trade over the summer, you kind of thought, all right, Buffalo's starting to get into that win now. With the you know the start of the window in that mentality. Um, so yeah, definitely, it's you know it's good to see that because there there were some pretty dark years between basically how long ago did they trade Ryan Miller five years ago, mm. and that even then they had a couple dark years then, and and the Sabers were really kind of. Yeah, in and those, and my boy Zach Bogosian play with him growing up. Did you really? Yeah, I did not know that. You're that there, guy's man. a stud on defense. Yeah, we. Yeah, he was. Uh, he was a stud on defense back in the day too. <laughs> yeah, imagine twenty-seven um, minutes in a uh, in a year that's highlighted with not as much uh, well with suspensions, but not as much fighting and whatnot. Uh, definitely, uh, you know, good for him. Yeah. So do you want to stick in the East and go with our biggest surprise, or do you want to head over to the West and do positive again? No, let's stay in the East. Uh, biggest right. surprise in terms of a disappointment. Uh, Greg, I'm going to let you ki- kick this one off since I got to go first. Wow, Jordy, thank you. Um, I mean, for me, it's either Florida or the Bruins. Okay. Um, you know, I knew the Bruins were going to have a down year simply because Tampa and Toronto were just as good. And, and you can't even call it a down year because they have 30 points, which would be right up there leading the Metro, but they're in the Atlantic, so it's tough. But all right. You know what, Jordy? I'm going to go. I'm, I'm not going to go Bruins. You know what? Okay. Not a huge disappointment because tough division, still doing well. Um, and you'd be good enough for the five seed in general. Right. Not me, but the Bruins. Yeah, no, I, I, uh, you know, I'll go Devils. I'll go with my other team, the Devils, just because. Yeah, yeah. that's a I good had, pick. I had the two teams just because, you know, you know, you pick first, blah, blah, blah. But um, the Devils, just because of how they finished last year, they had the MVP, um, you know, a healthy Brian Boyle, knock on wood for now, you know, who, you know how he would come back and do well and, um, but I guess our own fault for not, you know, for not realizing that the buck kind of stopped there, you know, and they sort of, you know, they're good, but, uh, you know, do they have a ton of depth? And I guess that's sort of the, the, the misconception that I had, but, um, you know, I expect a lot from them and, um, you know, Palmieri, Queenanville. Uh, and he's kid Brett Sini was at Merrimack last year. Um, yeah. Saw him play. Travis Zajac, obviously Taylor Hall. So, um, and then they have some solid D, but I, I was higher on them than I think I should have been just based on, uh, I mean, they're in the Metro, so they have the easier division and, and the way they finished last year, you'd, you'd think that they would be able to do it again, but uh, apparently not. Yeah, it's kind of interesting because they, 
certainly had been this team that, you know, really utilized Taylor Hall, and he certainly deserved the MVP last year of how he basically put the team on his back to finish it. They're currently at a negative eight goal, uh, run differential, 68 goals for 76 against. The 76 against isn't that terrible. The Blue Jackets, who they have Sergey Bobrovsky, they have that great defense. They've let up 78. Uh, the Capitals have let up two less. Um, and as I mentioned, the Islanders and Hurricanes have let up less there, but only 68 goals for, and that's really where they're they're missing it there, that offensive depth. And you know, there's a lot of different teams in the NHL that can beat that. Surprisingly, the the Chicago Blackhawks are not one of them, despite their prolific goal scoring. But it's it's one of those things where, you know, if they can't totally figure it out and they can't get their young guys going, because that was that was one thing that happened last year, right? They trade they get the the Adam Henrique trade, and he seemed to make some sort of a difference. And and where they can go from here at a nine, ten, and four record, so basically nine and fourteen seeing where they can can try to figure out their next move um in this good division i mean two and nine on the road two nine and one really that's tough it's just it's tough if you can't go on the road in this division especially when you have a team like pittsburgh who's playing 500 puck at home that's going to improve maybe the islanders get go down from six three and two i think the rangers are going to stay up there i think the capitals are going to stay as high as they are I mean, who knows with the Hurricanes? That might fall too, because that's kind of a weird team, you know, with them sh- shipping up Jeff Skinner, as we mentioned, to Buffalo in the offseason. Um, yeah, another team so that's supposed knows? to have a down year that. Yeah, yeah they're, and they're, right in, they're in fifth, fifth place right now, and they're sixth place right now in the division. But I don't know, fifth, I'm counting right. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. The Devils are an interesting story because they have that potential to do it. It's just a matter. It's a question of whether or not they can finally figure it out, kind of like the Flyers did last year. Um, if you if you look at the standings, granted this was around Feb, uh, around January first when the Flyers and Penguins were in those two spots, the Penguins in sixth as they currently are in the Metropolitan Division, and the Flyers in seventh. Both obviously turned it around and got the two and three seeds in the division respectively. So only being less than ten points out of it, you're not totally you know putting yourself to bed. But Thanksgiving has come and gone, and and you know, that is, that is at least some sort of litmus test. Yeah, no. And, and that's a great point. And, and that, that's a big reason why I didn't go Pittsburgh because you know, they're going to have some sort of run here and you know, they're going to, I mean, the Rangers, yeah, it's a great story, but they're not going to, oh, if they do maintain it, it'd be like a Vegas run. But if, you know, they're not going to maintain this clip, the Islanders, you think Carolina, you figure all three of those teams are going to drop here. Um, and you think Pittsburgh, just the offensive juggernaut that they are and, and they'll get their goaltending right uh, at some point. You know they're they're just they're too good to plus be three in terms of their goal, goal differential. Yeah, I mean it's their goaltending and defense right now that's letting them down. But they'll be fine. They'll figure it out. And and really, I mean it's it's every year. You know they're playing five hundred right now. They they haven't they've been deep in the playoffs for how many years straight? And and you know that you know you talk about that weighs a toll on on teams all the time. So. Um, I mean, I, yeah, again, we're agreement that they're going to make a run here. Okay. Um, People I mean, forget they, they fired coaches in two of their three Stanley Cup seasons in the Crosby era. Yeah, that's, that's crazy. That's how bad of starts they've had and that any team has had and has turned it around. But the Penguins, crazily enough, in both two of Sidney Crosby three Stanley Cups, they've been so bad basically through the first three months of the season that they fired their coach 
and turned it around. I think the first one they fired him really late in the season, and then they rattled off like 10 straight going into the playoffs. But still, the, the Penguins certainly have that with the, the weapons they have surrounding it. And even with their defense and goaltending awesome. being kind of spotty, it's just a matter of their offense picking it up because they've let up less goals than the Capitals, than the Blue Jackets, than the Rangers, and then any other team in the other division is out of the playoff race. But that's still, a great, that was a great uh, that was a great point, Jordy. Great point. Yeah. I mean, again, their starting goaltender Matt Murray has a four point zero eight goals against average. Yeah, you know, you're not winning games with that. No, and, you're certainly not. Yeah, and. Jari, their backup last year, I think he's been hurt maybe, but he came back finally. Yeah, so I think so too. Hopefully he'll be good and they won't have to rely on Murray so much, or maybe Murray is hurt. You know, maybe who knows? But uh, you know, it's really been it's their goal. third year in the league. Like Murray? It's okay if he's a little Yeah, Murray. Remember yeah. he was a rookie during that oh, first wow. of the two cup runs? And then he was a or he was in his first year. I don't think he was because he didn't play enough regular uh, season games. Okay. I don't think he gave up his rookie status. So two years ago he was a rookie. Gotcha. That's crazy. Yeah. And their yeah, second no, cup so, run. Exactly. They'll be fine and, and they'll be good. Speaking, you know, the speaking of the team loaded talent here, Jordy, move to the West. Uh, you got Nashville. Oh, I have to get my team. Oh, sorry. I didn't yeah. even. Hey, but they are loaded out. with, they're hey, in theory hey. loaded with talent and they've had goaltending issues, a lot stemming from injury, but still uh, their backup goalie is talented enough that it could make a difference. Uh, you had mentioned then the Florida Panthers. Just a team that you thought was fun. Like two years ago, they really had gotten it together and really seemed like a team that could contend in this Atlantic division um, and really kind of keep somewhat of a pace, not as much as Tampa Bay or Toronto, but at least be that fringe playoff team that if they made some noise, and they almost did it last year. They were, they were a game away, and it was the Flyers who beating the Rangers and getting that last playoff spot that was the difference maker, but they – I mean, I think they won like 11 straight going into the playoffs. So who knows if they can do, do something like that. Obviously, lightning striking twice is tough. But I mentioned it. The, the bigger thing and the big story for them is Roberto Luongo being hurt. He had not been the – and he hadn't been for a while, but he'd been at a 3.07 goal, goal against average clip. And James Reimer, who had been coming in for him, is at a 3.39. He, if you remember, came from Toronto and also had been on, those, on one of the L.A. teams that won the Stanley Cup. And it had been a pretty solid backup for L.A. and then a starter for Toronto. So a really good backup choice there. But certainly, uh, you know, players falling around him that aren't necessarily getting the job done on defense. uh, And the offense has certainly been stagnant, to say the least. No, great point. And and, I mean, what was it, two years ago they they were a legit shot at, at winning, right? Yeah, I think two years ago. They made two, like a pretty solid two, run. Two years ago, they lo- I think they lost to Ottawa in the first round. Well, way off. But the point yeah. is that their playoff team. But they were, and, I think they were like the one seed in the division. Right. They but, yeah. They had a great. I mean, good pick, Jordy. Good pick. Um, yeah. You would think with their D and their goaltending that they would, like you said, be more uh, on top of it. But I mean, if you don't have the offense, you don't have the offense. Um, yeah, I mean, Alexander Bar- Barkov's only eight goals right now in 22 games. You'd expect that rate to go up higher. Same with Evgeny Davidov. Uh, Mike Hoffman, the guy they ended up having it, that that Ottawa had to dump to San Jose because of his wife's psycho saga. And then San Jose turned around and just shipped him out. Um, they, you know, He's the one leading the team in points right now. 
yeah. uh, with 12 goals and 11 assists. So really you'd expect something to change in terms of who's scoring and who's leading this team, uh, whether no, I mean, or not it's their yeah. solid defenders stepping up like Yandel or Ekbald, but, or Ekblad, excuse me, but no, yeah. And that's their problem is, is, is a uh, really lack of, of goal scoring ability um, and scoring, you know, depth. They're already, you know, not doing great, but not a lot of names and, and the team that's not really built for the future, you know, they're not no. really, they're not really, they're not really built to, I don't know what their draft picks look like, but they're not really built yeah. to, to have a good future moving forward. And uh, I'm sure part of that is, is uh, with Luongo there eating up money in net, but um yeah, Jordy. I mean, any any overall um, last stories you want to talk about the East before we move on? Um, we can do Flyers at the end, but yeah, we can do Flyers at the end. The one I do want to mention, even though they are in dead last, as you would think after they traded away Carlson, the Ottawa Senators still aren't a complete shit show as you would have thought. Um, I say that knowing that they've let up 104 goals, they've also scored 85 goals. So a game that they're featured in. It's going to be pretty entertaining. They are only 9, 12, and 3, so 9 and 15. Um, they're a point behind the Flyers for dead last in the conference. They have the same number of wins as Florida, but they played two extra games. You know, I, it is something kind of funny when you look at them and what they've been able to do. They've actually been decent at home. They're terrible on the road, which is actually a good sign for me as a Flyers fan, considering tonight when we're recording it, Tuesday night, they're in Philadelphia. But yeah, they're still an exciting team to watch if you ever do catch any of their games because they do tend to be high scoring, Greg. And they're super young too. Like Yeah, they are. They're like they they I mean they have a couple guys who have been in the league for a little bit, but they're also a young team. But they're gonna be good for a couple years. Like all their I mean, the, it's the opposite problem with the Panthers. They have a ton of guys who can score, but they you know, they're D and and uh, I mean, Anderson's been all right, but their D, their D is really a big issue for them. So, um, I mean, they they scored eighty five goals. You know, that's as that's three less than Toronto. So they're right there in terms yeah, of they're right there in terms of goal that. scoring. They just give up a ton, and and maybe that's the system. You know, you never want to blame blame one unit in terms of goalie or D, but maybe it's the system they're playing. But you know, they're scoring a bunch, and and uh, you know bright future future in Ottawa and that's a good that's a good thing you know like you said everyone thought they'd be way worse but um you know they not doing as bad as as we all thought so um Jordy quick transition western conference uh let's go positive team uh who you got so I'm gonna go with the Calgary Flames uh depending on who your team is I have a I have one that's sort of a out of the box pick I'm going to go with the Flames, uh, mainly just because of the fact that right now they're at a, a higher clip, both in terms of scoring goals and allowing less goals than a team that we thought after they got, they were on the other end of the Eric Carlson trade, the San Jose Sharks, would be running away with the division. Uh, Calgary currently leads the Pacific, and they are really showing signs that the team we saw two years ago, the team that made the playoffs, made a little bit of noise. Um, that they're really, you know, back on track with Goudreau, with Kachuk, with Monahan. Really, you can start naming off some of their some of their other guys on the team as well that are might be a little bit older, but are certainly showing their signs of being a veteran leader, like a Mikhail Backlund, like uh, you know James Neal's on the team, even though he's minus five right now. He's still a, he's still a uh, you know a presence on that team. Um, 
you know, I, I'm really happy to see them be there, especially with David Riddich at a 2.04 clip in terms of his goals against average with Mike Smith. Um, you know, still playing pretty and solid, even though he's under 500. They have say, solid goaltending. They're getting great goaltending from Rittich, who, uh, you know, super young kid, but he's, uh, you know, really playing well for them this year and, and probably one of the, I mean. He's not a rookie, uh, is he? No, no, no. Yeah. Um, yeah. He's, he's. I think he's second, yeah, he's second in goals against average behind Rene. So he's having an unbelievable year um, in terms of just from a stat, a stats point. Sorry, a, a yeah, a number standpoint. He's he's second in, like I said, goals against behind Rene, and then he's fourth uh, save percentage. So he's and he's right there again with uh, wins and all that. So he's he's doing well, having a good year. So. Um, Great pick, Jordy. That was good. that was my second pick. So good for you. That was good for us. I mean, we're crushing it right Same now. Same page, man. Great, great minds. Great yeah, minds. And the Flames really—they're really, they're really a, uh, a complete team. They got the offense. Um, you know, they have the grit. They have the skill. Um, they have defensemen. I mean, I would be surprised if they made a move to to pick up another defenseman here um, before the playoffs, or maybe I even that. Yeah, maybe. I mean, they ha- maybe a goaltender, but they have. The forwards, uh, maybe some third, maybe fourth line depth, but they have the forwards. They have maybe one key defenseman away or or, or a goaltender away from from making a serious run of things. So I'd go for defense if I was them. I don't. I think, granted, Winnipeg didn't end up winning the Western Conference, but if they if Connor Hellebuck showed anything last year, you know, if your goal if your young goalie's hot, keep riding him and l- let him build that confidence for the future. Yeah, but. Hellebuck's also their number one. You know, they That's want, true. you know, you want your number one guy to be the number one guy, kind of like what the Bruins are going through right now with Halak and Tuca. But um, we can talk about that later. Great choice, Jordy. Positive- what did you say? Who's your positive team? Um, the Colorado Avalanche. Oh, I like that. Thank you. Um, mainly because their first line of McKinnon. Landeskog and Rontanen is out of this world, like unbelievable. Probably that's one of the best lines in hockey. It rivals the Bruins. It rivals yeah, the Bruins' first line is pretty, it, pretty insane. It rivals, if not better, than than Bergeron, Marchand, and Pasta. Marchand's on a little slump. Bergeron's hurt, so it rivals that line. And and Rontanen, this kid is leading the NHL in virtually every offensive category um not goals but um 38 points uh 20 second is his centerman nate mckinnon is exactly exactly (laughs) and then and then landeskog i mean all three of them are out of the landeskog's number one in the nhl and plus minus yeah i mean all three of them are are having great and then assist rontanen i mean the three of them are just and super young i mean this kid rontanen's 22 McKinnon was taking a year before him part of that super team we were talking about but I mean they right now Jordy uh 75 points combined most of any line in the NHL any three teammates randomly in the NHL so um they might be I mean when it's all said and done they might they might be uh, as a unit close to if not better than the Bruins first line so um 
this Avalanche team, they snuck in the playoffs last year and, and the late, late run sort of helped them get in. And, um, the first line is definitely helping them, but, yeah. uh, solid goaltending, right? Um, yeah. Certainly. Same Var Marlov, uh, solid goaltender who's been, you know, he's had his ups and downs, but he has been the ups when they're up and they're up right now to 2.34 goal against clip. And a certain backup goalie who turned it on and got Braden Holpe righted on his way to uh, helping lead the Capitals to a Stanley Cup. That is Philip Grubauer. Yeah. Their goal, their goalie farm, or their goalie pen, whatever you want to call it, uh, pretty solid there. And I think, I mean, also they have they have a pretty solid defense core with Tyson Berry leading the way, but they also got guys like Ian Cole, Eric Johnson still, still hanging around there. Sammy Gerrard, um, he's at nine points right now. Um, yeah, so I yeah. mean, they're I mean they're certainly no, on the right was, path. Yeah, and that was my next point is that they they don't. I mean, they need they need some help in terms of depth, but uh, with some of the you know the second third line contributing a little more than they are. But I mean, if you can get that many points from your first line, and might as well ride them if you can ride them and and have them yeah. go a long way. So, um, who was your other team that you said uh, you were going to go with if I didn't pick? Yeah, so my outside-of-the-box surprise is just that the Predators are still far and away ahead of the rest of the Central Division. The reason why I say that is, is we mentioned him, but Pecorine was hurt for a little bit in, this, in uh, I believe it was the end of October into the early bit of November. Uh, but he's still, I mean, when and he's been absolutely lights out at a 1.68 goals against average, but... They had Yusei Soros as their backup goalie, who was very solid in in Rene's absence and really helped that team to the point that they're at. And this is classic Smashville. They got, you know, not a ton of goals when you look at the overall standings um, at 81. You know, there's teams in the Eastern Conference, the aforementioned Ottawa Senators, that do have more uh, Toronto Maple Leafs, Tampa Bay Lightning, the Capitals, the Bruins, or the uh, Blue Jackets. But, you know, Nashville's grinding you out. They got a ton of guys that are on pace for double-digit goals. They got just real, real team, that team, that team atmosphere and that push that they make where they have all these different guys. They've already have two and 20 points. They already, and I can't even count this up. They're in double digits of guys who have more than 10 points already on this year. And that's what the Predators did two years ago when they made their run to the Stanley Cup Finals. Yeah. And I, I think, think it's just a really good sign for them. No, good sh- good call. And I think the big difference this year is Nick Benino being healthy. Yes. He wasn't, very a, good uh, point. wasn't healthy last year. And he, if you remember, helped the Penguins make their cup runs um, there for a couple of years. So, I mean, they're having the offense, which is matching their defense as well as their goaltending. Um, yeah. And he's a big reason why. And I think, you know, that – we've talked about a couple times with a couple of different teams, you know, if you don't have offense, yeah, defense is super important and that was proven. But, um, you know, I think proven by the, uh, Vegas golden Knights, you know, you can, you can have defense and good goaltending and make it pretty far. And even Nashville to back-to-back Western conference teams, you know, good yeah. defense, good goaltending, make it all the way to the finals. And then they lose to offensive wagons in the East. So, um, this, this year, this year's predators team has, has a whole bunch of, scores which is which is yeah. new that from their forward once so. again in the classic smashville four of their top eight point getters are defensemen so they really love running it through there through the top of the zone 
and they do a really good job with it. And yeah. good on them that they're doing that. Roman Yossi's yeah. leading the way uh, in terms of defense. I mean, he's third in the team in points. But Philip Forsberg and Ryan Johansson uh, doing what they what you know they've been doing for the Predators for however many years now. Yeah, I mean, and, and with a goal differential of plus twenty three, I mean, you're you're not you're not getting much better than that outside of Tampa. No. Um, no. So, I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know if I'd call it a surprise, but I, I hear what your point is. Um, yeah, it was it was like outside of the box just because. Yeah, I hear you. Because you know, they had a goal. The goalie was hurt for a bit. Um, I hear but you. Calgary was was too good to pass up. Good. Um, so I got I got for for these surprise or surprising in a negative way um i got a couple choices but i'll start with the one uh winnipeg yep Um, i like that yes they have one of the best players in in all of the nhl um and that in patrick line yeah patrick line of course and then obviously blake wheeler former bruin not a big deal but a team that to go so far the year before in the playoffs and to follow it up with a slow start, sluggish start for sure. Um, a little surprising if we're being honest and, and yeah. uh, they, I mean, they still have, I mean, do they lose anybody big? No, they got everyone back. Right. And in um, Hellebuck hasn't been great or, I mean, he's been 2.91, pretty good save at goals against average. Yeah. He's been, he's been decent. Um, you know, but I think it's for me. It was. It was. I mean, Line is good, but he's not quite. I mean, twenty-two. Sorry, nineteen goals in twenty-two games. I mean, the guy's an animal, right? So he's good. Teams doing underperforming for sure, and it was very surprising to me. I thought for sure that they would be up there with Nashville, um, sort of running running train in the West, but. Yeah, sort of reverse effect here. That oh, they can't win on the road. They're five and five on the road as opposed to eight and two at home. So, um, for me, Winnipeg has to be my my number one surprise. Jordy, who do you got? Uh, just quickly, you know, it's a really good point on them. I mean, Line is nearly at twenty goals already. Uh, he's at a point per game. If Shifley, Wheeler, both over a point per game. Same with Kyle Connor. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know. I think it's just more of a collapse on defense, like you said, Hollabuck, and uh, their backups. St- also, he's four and one. Um, they're both in that two range of a goals against average. But you know, you you'd hope that they'd have a little bit better of a clip offensively. Um, no offense to to Minnesota, but they're you know they're behind Minnesota, they're behind Colorado, Nashville uh, in terms of offense within their division, and teams like Vancouver, San Jose and Calgary are in the other division are there. So they're right in the middle of the pack offensively in the Western conference. So Greg, I really like that pick. Thank you, Jordy. Yeah. Hey, I got you. Mine is going to be, you know what? I'm going to go with the Arizona coyotes because they came in as a team that looked like they could make some noise. They'd made some trades in the off season, and looked like they could be a team, especially in a Pacific division, that year in, year out, we're never really quite sure what to assess of them. Like I mentioned with Calgary, it looked like it was going to be San Jose's to lose. And the rest of the division, you could have thought, you know, Calgary maybe gets it going. Vegas continues where they left off. You know, Vancouver, they're super young. What are they going to do? And and they're basically showing that right now at 77 goals, 94 against. Uh, Arizona, though, 
you know, with the additions that they made, they're still at 53 goals on the year, 62 against. So they're really a, a you know a defensive stalwart with guys like Oliver Ekman Larson leading the way for them, both as a captain and just as a it was a solid guy in terms of uh, you know the team effort, but he only has 12 points. Uh, Clayton Keller, their offensive stud last year was was right up there in the the rookie of the year, the the Calder uh, Trophy, almost a Calder Cup uh, race. He's at 14 points, leading the way with six goals. But I mean, really, that's the thing is that they've been underperforming offensively. They get guys like Richard Panic who he's only got six points, four goals, two assists. Galchenyuk, the guy, one of the additions they got, he's been banged up a little bit, but still, you know, you'd love to see this team perform a little better and, and kind of live up to the, the uh, where we thought they could have been. Because a guy like Darcy Kemper, who's a solid goalie for them, and Antti Ranta is right up there too in their goal in their goalie pen. They're both sub three in terms of their goals against average, so... I don't know. It just really is a team that looked like they could be this young studs, almost like what we've been seeing at a couple of a couple different teams you've talked about, whether it's Colorado, the Islanders, uh, the Rangers, or even, or even probably a step down from, but the Buffalo Sabres. Uh, we could have thought this team could have been right there in the Pacific race, especially because that's always a huge toss up throughout the year. Yeah, I, I hear it, love it. Um, I don't love it actually because that was my team. I, for those who listen to the, the other pods on this program, that was my team from last year that I kept telling you to look out for, right? Because of yeah. their, how young their roster was and how how much talent I thought they had, and they certainly are underperforming this year. That's a that's a great point, and and uh, I mean Clayton Keller, like we talked about, um, not having his good of a stars last year, but still leading the team in, in goal or points, I should say. Um, still one of the better guys on the team, which is, you know, for a kid that's tw- 19 years old, 20 years old, should be a, a sophomore in college or junior in college. I yeah. mean, it's, it's, uh, it's impressive, but uh, I mean, or I guess expected for him to have some lows, but um, I think, I think this team, they're young and, they have that, but at the end of the day, I mean, do you really expect them to be anywhere in the West? Do you expect them to be anywhere uh, higher than where they are? I could have thought they'd get close. Like a four, I don't think they would have been a wild card team, considering how good the Central is. But I thought maybe like fourth or fifth in the division. Um, obviously, Vancouver's doing pretty well for themselves. That's another good good surprise, even though defensively. Similar to an Ottawa Senators team, they're uh, really lacking there. Um, you know, Edmonton's another one we could have thrown out there, although I think just we've sadly gotten to the point where, you know, we need to see Edmonton perform at the clip from two years ago before we can start re-crowning them as this, you know, Pacific darling, uh, no, sadly. I would team, love to. A team that I wanted to talk about was uh, the LA Kings. Well, they've been in a complete tailspin. They fire their coach. Yeah, but they fire their GM too. What they remind me of is the San Francisco Giants from baseball this year. Go out. Oh, yeah. Go out. Make a. Thank you. Go out. Make a ton of moves for some older, talented, established guys who are sort of on the back end of their career, and turn around and don't look now everyone's hyping them up before the season they still got quick they still got blah blah, blah. everyone's hyping them up hyping them up 
and what do they do? Go out and lay an egg. So, I mean, talk more about the comparison, but I think that for me has to be it for sure. Yeah, I mean, let's look at the top points getters for um for the LA Kings. Number one or tie for number one is Ilya Kovalchuk, who just came back from the KHL. Mm -hmm. Then Drew Doughty, then Kopitar, then Jeff Carter, Tyler Trafoli, Dustin Bufflin. Those are your top six points getters. They're the only ones in double digits. And Greg, what's their average age? Thirty-two. Maybe even more, if you throw yeah. Kovalchuk, yeah, it's even if you throw Kovalchuk, it's probably thirty-two, thirty-three. Yeah, I mean Kovalchuk was born in eighty-three, yeah. so he's. <laughs> he's fucking old, but yeah, I mean they're they're certainly Jeff not. Carter was a rookie twelve years ago or yeah. thirteen years ago. Oh five, oh six for the Flyers. Dustin Brown right. was born in eighty four. Jeff Carter eighty five. Yeah. Um, I mean they even have Kopitar's got to be eighty five or eighty six. Yeah, Jeff Carter is eighty five. Who'd you say? Oh, Kopitar. Kopitar is eighty seven, but still, I mean okay. that's that's still thirty. What? 32, 33, so 32, 33. Yeah. Um, you know, that's, they, the opposite of young talent, uh, on this team. And, and it really reminds me of the San Francisco giants from this past year. Fanuf. That's a really good point. Yeah. Thank you. I mean, I had to bring it up, but Fanuf on D, um, you know, I mean, Dowdy is an 89. So, I mean, he's, he's pushing 30, but he's still one of the premier defensemen. Yeah, um, he's not old 89, 90. They're not old. <laughs> yeah yeah no, i meant like yeah okay you got it but no that that would be my uh if if winnipeg wasn't it that would be my uh for sure underperforming team of the first half so that takes us what'd you say i just wanted to say uh, kind of on the point of of just being how old they are they traded a guy tanner pearson to the penguins who was born in 1982. They traded him for Carl Hagelin, who's also getting up there. Mm. Uh, it's just another, it's one of those good on Pittsburgh trying to take a flyer on a guy and, you know, and send a guy like Hagelin off to a team like the, like the Kings who really, like you said, they're trying to acquire as much older talent. They probably can't, they don't have to have on the books for as much money. So I can try think they can accumulate that much stuff. You know, it's, it's just a weird situation they're in. Um, and yeah, yeah, that's a fucking great comparison to the San Francisco Giants of this year. No, Don't call you the profit for nothing. I hear you. So, no, <laughs> no I uh, another thing I wanted to bring up, Jordy, is last year, if I heard this correctly, I forget where, or maybe I was reading an article somewhere. I was reading something. I don't think that any coach was fired during the season. No, that sounds right. And this year, there's been like six right yeah. or four or five lot, six like yeah. something crazy like that and then obviously good transition on me uh the gm there for the flyers so a couple of different gms but that's a wild stat i'm actually going through a whole year without an nfl coach firing in week 16 17 15 16 17 imagine going through college football without a coach leaving or being fired imagine like any sport where a manager coach in does baseball. not get fired for the in baseball they, they think they have the highest tenure Oh, they let them finish the season maybe a little bit, but even then you get you get, you know, guys going early or whatever. But uh, yeah, I mean, I hear you. But that it's crazy. It's impressive for hockey for me, I think personally. But um, this year the complete opposite. I mean, how many how many guys were fired early and often, and um, including the Chicago coach, which is a huge surprise. I mean, he won them two cups, and 
three uh, cups. Three cups. Sorry, thank you. And and just shipped three out cups like in six years. Yeah, and I, you and see, I, I you don't see think he still it, hangs out in Chicago. He's chugging beers with the boys at Bears games. I mean, I'm sure his his uh, I'm sure his house there, his whole life is there. Probably. I mean, I would. I mean, it's tough because if if you can blame the coach all you want, but if you don't have the following depth or back of death depth, then, you know, what do you really get? Um, but anyway, well, you mentioned it with, with Buffalo, they they're in a position where salary wise, that they can you know, really do some damage. The Blackhawks were beneficial by the fact that they won three cups in six seasons. And ha- I don't know. I forget when exactly they paid Kane and, and Taves those matching contracts. But, you know, I think, I think it was before the third cup, but still you had a lot of those guys still in place from that first team. And they had a lot of young guys. I think about Dustin Bufflin. They had him for that first cup run and basically knew that they could replace him. Some questionable trades here and there for him. And that's where they've been the last two years, but weird position for the Blackhawks. Agreed. Agreed. Um, Yeah. yeah, I mean, I, I don't, I don't really know what else say besides that i mean it's 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 a wild situation because well two years ago were there in the playoffs and and they still have some of the two years ago they were the one seed yeah in the western conference technically the one seed in the central but they had the most overall points in the league in the conference and they and got swept that, by the predators as i say was that the year they got swept by the predators and, and yeah. everything fell apart so yeah i mean i i amazing how quickly things fall and change for a franchise organization and, and even with some of the top premier guys, even though, even if they are, you know, on the other side of 20, but um, crazy wild Jordy, anything else you want to get into before we hop into flyers talk? No. Um, yeah. We went through a lot of the different stories that I wanted to really touch on. I mean, Minnesota's right there too, in that central division um, San Jose. I, I think it's too close to call of, whether or not it's a disappointment, it's certainly not a surprise to see them solidly in the playoff position that they're in. Um, maybe a surprise that they let up seventy-four goals, but that's really about it on them. No, I mean um, they with with the, they have a, they have so many offensive defensemen. Yeah, you know I, it's. I mean, I guess. Yeah, no, the that surprised me. I mean, the, it's their road record. Everyone in the West seems to have a miserable road record, and and you could with the exception of the predators and I haven't looked too deeply at, at, you know, road trips, these, that these Western conference teams have been making, but I have noticed like San Jose's made their East coast swing or one of them. And, you know, I think that certainly affects it when you're making these swings. If you're going from even Chicago to Nashville, to Philly, and then to Detroit, that's still, you're moving through time zones. You're going through a bunch of different weather areas. and everything. Yeah. But I mean, they're pros. They get I hear you, but they're pros. I mean, yes, a pro life is tough, and but like you're getting that's yeah, not the AHL where it's the always hungry league. But no, still. it's it's a matter of like you know you're going out east. Like it's, I'm sure they have to get up early six a.m. But like still, there's ch- there's chances and days for them to catch up on sleep. I guess what I'm trying to say. And if and if you're out east and in your pl- I mean how. I, yeah, anyway, but if you look at the top teams in the East, their away records are Washington, Columbus, all, you know, very good away on the road. Tampa, yeah. 
Buffalo, Toronto. Those are the Toronto, top Toronto nine and three. That's yeah. awesome. Those exactly. Those are the top five teams on uh top five teams in the in the East, and those all they all have un, very good road records. You go to the West, there's only one team that has a good road record, and that's Nashville, and they're eight and three. Uh everyone else is five hundred or or right around there. So I mean in the before, aforementioned Colorado Avalanche, eight and four. So to me, I think that's the big difference right now between the West and East and West is is the West can't do it on the road, and everyone keeps winning, winning at home, and just something about home cooking, I guess. Um, no, it's a really good point. Maybe they should. Yeah. Anyway, but uh, all right, Jordy, let's head into Flyer talk. Yeah. So the Flyers, we let off the show with this. Fired Ron Hextall yesterday. Uh, team president and former GM before Hextall was retired, Paul Holmgren was the one who made the decision to fire Ron Hextall. Um, from a lot of people, myself included, as fans, experts, and whatnot in the Philadelphia area, we're expecting the coach, Dave Haxtall, to be the one that was fired. Uh, the Flyers last week, for those who do not know, went to Buffalo, got the wheels blown off there, came home and won out a big grinded-out game against the Rangers on Black Friday. Turned out to be 4 nothing was the final score, but it was really... One nothing, and then a two nothing goal made it a lot. A uh, you know was the difference maker about halfway through the third period. They score a empty netter to make it three nothing, and the Flyers scored a goal with like two seconds left to put out the final. But then Saturday night they go up to Toronto and get absolutely housed. They lose seven to one. It was a complete shit pumping. You knew there was going to be some change to be made, Greg, and it ended up being the GM Hextall. And, you know, you and I have talked about it a lot on this podcast of Hextall doing a good job and getting the Flyers farm system to where it is right now. But as you pointed out, and I agree with you, he was a little too patient in bringing those guys up because a lot of them are still in the AHL or they, you know, come up to the NHL for a couple games and go back down along with a huge glut and goalie ahead of what seems to be the future franchise goalie, Carter Hart. So, Greg, from an outsider's perspective, was firing Hextall, the GM, the right idea instead of firing the coach? Or what would you have done? If this was the Bruins, what would you want it to be? Oh, I think a new GM is perfect for them. I I think that's exactly what they needed. Um, I mean, the Bruins got rid of their GM and and all their young talent now that they have and and on this team that quickly turned around. And um, I've been saying it for the last two years, the flyers are caught in limbo Um, and you've been denying it. You've been not listening to me and I'm, I'm I'm welcoming you. I'm welcoming you, welcoming you on the limbo train. um, (laughs) And I'm welcoming you on seeing things clearly uh, from my perspective. And I always agree that they needed to bring the prospects up. It wasn't, I mean, they have a bunch of, of limbo were different. They have a bunch of no names that aren't doing the job in terms of scoring points. They have a bunch yeah, of Jordan guys. Jordan Matera is waiting for his fucking finished cocaine arrest to get processed. They have the tied for second least amount of goals for in the Eastern Conference. Yeah, it's uh I mean, why 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 would you not I mean, why would you not bring up more guys like Nolan Patrick? Well, Nolan Patrick plays. Nolan That's Patrick's a- been playing for 2 years. But I'm saying, why would you not bring up more guys like him? Yeah, like no, it's a it's a very good question, and I 
have expressed last year, especially I expressed my frustration that they didn't bring up guys or keep them up in the NHL for longer periods of time. Two years ago is where we just, uh, where you made the astute point that they need to start doing it. And last year is when I started getting on the train, just so everybody's clear on the limbo <laughs> train and where I've been at both, both. Our definitions of limbo too were a little different. Cause I was, I was including the farm system being bright and you were just talking about the playoff success, but no, I mean, it's a, it's, a, it's a team that's caught in limbo and a team uh, that, again... Uh, to your point, though, they have guys like Sam Morin who might not be the next... He's not going to be Gossesberry. He's not going to be Provorov. But he's a guy, Greg, that last year in the preseason, and this year in the preseason, he got solid playing time. And he's a guy, he's a giant on skates. He's maybe not be Zdeno Chara tall, but he's pretty fucking tall. And he's just a goon. You need a guy that's not Rodko Gudis, who's this dirty fucking player who maybe 20 years ago doesn't get called for half the shit that he does. But 20 years ago, too, he wouldn't he'd be missing pucks left and right, and he'd be getting, be getting his ass kicked in the locker room because yeah. he's been fucking up left and right. Or the team would just cut him. They'd send him to right. the Phantoms and they just cut him. Like last year, what they've been, especially on defense, outside of Gossip Bear and Provorov, because we talked about coming into the season where their offense could be. By and way, that's I, certainly underperforming. By the way, but their I love, defense. I love Provorov. I love Pro, oh, Provorov. is my favorite flyer. He and Kravis Konechny are my two favorite flyers. Konechny is just Sorry, the, keep, he's keep, keep going with your point. Keep going. Keep going with your point. Sorry. But the defense outside of Provorov and, and Gostaspare, it's and Robert Haig is probably the next one. But they bring Travis Sanheim, another young guy, supposed to be a stud. The next, you know, the next guy in line for defense, they bring him up, they send him down. They bring him up, they send him down. They do this with so many different dudes. They did it with Haig a little bit last year, well, and they keep the guys like, like you're never going to know. Just if a, keep him there. Exactly. Keep him there. Exactly. You're never going to know how good a kid's going to be unless he's playing. And yeah. the Bruins did Haig this with, especially. yeah, and the Bruins did this with Carlo, where they had him play with Chara, and it allowed him. He may or may not have been ready, but he again, just like Carlo or just like Char, Carlo is like super tall and allowed him to make some mistakes because he knew he had that blanket and he knew he had that thing. And now he's he's definitely one of their top defensemen for this team and and still a young young talent for them. So, I mean, for the Flyers, why not? You know, like what. I mean, Gosh, nothing to lose at this point. Exactly, and 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 the scary thing is, Gosh's fear, who's supposed to be your best defenseman, is a minus twelve. Yeah, because he's 12. out on the he's out on the ice. Actually, Couturier is beating him in, in on the ice average, but in terms of defenseman, he's on the ice for nearly twenty one minutes a game. Robert Haig is next at nineteen eleven. Then it gets to oh no, Provorov is higher. He's at twenty. He's at twenty four forty three. But still. You're get you're grinding a lot out of them, and yeah, I mean Gossip Bear's on for everything though. That's part of why he's minus minus twelve. That first line though, as good as they've been offensively, think about it this way: Giroux's minus one, four checks minus ten. You have Couturier at zero, Konechny at plus four, Simmons is minus five. So it's like as as prolific as these guys have been offensively. Hey, they've can you also have been? Can you Tough control, on defense. Can you control your phone one time? Be a professional for us, please. Hey, I'm sorry. I, uh, you know, can you, can I, you people, maybe the flyers are, are, you know, their ears were burning. They're I mean, me I didn't hear, I didn't hear a word you said. Cause I was so busy listening to that, that 
the buzz, <laughs> the vibrating from your phone, and thinking about. I didn't realize how, it was that bad. I'll I'll have to hear it in, in post, as they think, say in the biz. I <laughs> hear it in post. <laughs> but anyway, as I said, think about how line, miserable it is. Lines. Think about how miserable it is that you don't have an iPhone. That your phone, your POS Google phone or POS like oh, Android phone, slippy. The Google your, phone, your Android phone, phone vibrates. That's phone like on that. the mountain. That's phone on the mountain. We're getting oh, yeah. way too deep in inside jokes. What I said though, Greg, was their top two lines. I mean, they're all like gossip bear. They are as prolific as they can be on offense. They've had their issues being on defense. Voracek's minus 10. Simmons is minus 5. Simmons and, and Katuri are your two best defensive forwards. And Katuri is even. Giroux's minus 1. And he has 28 points. Like, it's just tough yeah, no, because and, they and, have these. And you have, no, you have nothing to lose. Like, why not bring up the young guys? Why not develop? I mean, that's what the Bruins are doing now. And, and the Bruins are getting enough production from. I mean, they have they have Backus playing on the third line with 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 um two super young kids and they have david krejci these are all bruins players with with two kids that are both under the age of 22 23 so i mean why not put i mean drew with two young studs why not put simmons with two young studs like why not they do that with simmons and they do it with voracek this is the weird thing about dave haxtell is he just he juggles lines left and right and it's tough that he does that yeah, so why not get some chem? Get some, get some more things. I mean, I, I, I don't know. I don't know enough. I don't know enough about about them in order to comment on their coaching. But changing a GM definitely helps because that sends a that sends a message to the whole organization saying, okay, yeah, yes, you may. Everybody's on notice. Yeah. Well, yeah, and, and like, okay, for example, um, one one GM may be more of a defensive minded GM and one GM maybe a let's go out and score a million goals. You know, so, so the issue was that Holmgren, who's the Flyers previous GM, had this win always had a win now mentality. So he did a very he did a good job of acquiring older talent for young prospects. And this was a issue the Flyers had for years. So Hextall did the opposite and now has been sitting on it. So it's even just a sense of philosophy. That's the difference with the Flyers organization. And kind of on a meta level in terms of sports fandom in Philadelphia, despite the Eagles having an under 500 record, they're still, and they're going to always be, even prior to winning a Super Bowl, the most popular team in the city. The Sixers are now really getting close to Eagles levels of popularity. The Phillies, if they get any of these free agents, especially Bryce Harper that are coming, apparently coming in and out of Citizens Bank Park, they're, my point being is they're going to leave the Flyers in the dust, a team that always does super well, even when they stink in getting fans in the seats. They're going to get left in the dust in terms of fanhood. So they got worried about this. And at this point, get these young guys up here and do what we were talking about at the top of the show. Get these guys involved and get them to the levels that Joel Embiid's on, what Reese Hoskins is on in terms of social media presence. Do that with Simmons. Do that with Voracek and Giroux. Get it with the young guys too, because that I think I think then you make a connection with this city, a city that loves their flyers, but a city that if they're not careful, they're going to be the fourth popular team. But a fourth popular team in a in a in a sports town that's still gonna, you know, still gonna show up. Oh yeah, they'll they'll still show up, but it's gonna be 
going to Flyers games is an experience, Greg. I'll just leave it at that. I mean, you let's. Can I mean, let's be honest. Let's it. be honest. There's a, there's a bunch of scumbags in Philly that they're always going to be. It's always going to be an Eagles town. Think of the opening five minutes of Invincible and how bad the Eagles were in that, and how many people came. That's what every team is like in Philadelphia, except for the Phillies this past year. But that's what I'm saying. Is they're always going to be they're always going to be an Eagles town. Oh yeah, and then and then you then it's definitely the Flyers are number two. Yeah. Oh and yeah. Then, it's de- it's always been the Flyers number two. But if they're not gonna, careful, and then, and then you're gonna flip flop between the Sixers and and Phillies. But you know what? You know what they shouldn't do, Jordy. That that f- dumbass bullshit. I don't even want to say his name. New sh- dumbass mascot. Get rid of that. The leader of the Gritisons. <laughs> Ew. The Gritisons. That's how he dressed all of us on Thanksgiving, Greg. He said, my Ew. fellow Gritisons. Ew. 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 Also, shout out to Travis Konechny, Claude Giroux, and your yeah. boy, Provorov. Travis Konechny scored Giroux and Provy with the assists as the Flyers are currently tied with the Senators one-to-one through one period. I, I think... <laughs> The win all mentality, I get it. Um, I think you went a little soapbox there with 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 um, losing fanhood and all that because I don't think that's going to be ever be the case in Philly. But yeah, uh, if uh, we're being honest, but no, I mean, it's just it's, it's a little bit extreme. No, it's I just think, at the point I think the where the Sixers GM, are specifically that could make a scare in terms of the Flyers. I hear you, but I mean, the Sixers are never going to surpass the Flyers. Uh, not, they're just not gonna different do it. crowds like both teams. I hear you. I hear you. Yeah. Um, but you talking about this? Okay. Anyway, move on. We're, we're now getting. Now we're just splitting. We're splitting let's atoms. Back, let's move back to hockey. Let's move back to switching up GM. Let's move back to. Have you seen any call ups or any things that have changed in the in the last couple days or weeks since the GM changing? Nothing huge coming out of uh, in terms of pro- personnel changing yet. I think they're kind of figuring out where they are, where they are, and yeah. kind of listing the reasons why Hextall got released. Um, I think tonight's a really good litmus test against a team like Ottawa that we mentioned can score goals, so it's still going to test your defense. But they let up a lot of goals, so we'll we'll see what Hextall does. He's, I mean. Flyers have been really on and off at home, uh, to put to say the least. Um, but we'll see. We'll see where they're at. They they got a, a good little stretch here, and uh, you know, see if they can they can at least make it a little exciting going into December, a month they're normally not very good at, mainly because they make their West Coast swing because Disney on Ice comes to the Wells Fargo Center. But <laughs> no, it's true. Like the last two weeks of December, the Sixers and Flyers aren't home because Disney on Ice is here, and then sometimes the circus. That's fucking hysterical. Yeah, it's true. Look, the Flyers last home game before 2019 is Saturday, December 22nd. Then the last month of or the last week of December at New York, at Tampa, at Florida, at Carolina. Because that's hilarious. Disney Why, on ice this year. I can't. I can't with you. I can't. I can't do it anymore. I can't. Yeah. I believe you. I believe you. I do. I really do. <laughs> I believe. Then you. at some point in February, the Globetrotters come, but they just use the Sixers court. Uh, I do you. I believe you. Sorry. Um, you do me. Jeez. Yeah, I wouldn't. So Find me some let's, dinner first. Let's, let's <laughs> Anything else you want to wrap up for the Eagles before you finish this pod? Uh, you mentioned the Bruins a little bit. Do you have any other, any other thoughts on the team and, and where you think they, uh, you know, where they're at right now? 
I think Bergeron uh, not having him out there is is huge. And where as last season the young guys were scoring a a ton more. Um, I mean, there's they're still getting DeBrusque, who's a absolute stud and going to be a stud, super young guy playing with Krejci second line, um, but their young guys were scoring more last year than they were this year, which is um, hurting them a little bit. I mean, they still have a plus eight goal differential. They're still, uh, I mean, Tuca has been, has been tough, but uh, they've, like I said, Halak has been staying on his head and, and getting all the big games. I mean, quite frankly, the biggest problem with, with the Bruins is, is health um, top to bottom. They defense, their top defense have been hurt virtually all season. Um, and, you know, they're playing guys that were supposed to be in the AHL all year and, and they're filling in all right, but, uh, they're doing, they're not bad. And, um, Marshawn's having a little down year in terms of goal scoring, but he's definitely getting a lot more assists with, uh, you know, with pasta doing well. And, and now with, with Bergeron being out, um, you know, it's sort of proof is in the pudding of, of how much, how reliable they or how much they both rely on each other, I should say. Um, so for me, I'm, it's just a, it's a waiting game for them to get healthy. Um, you know, as, as in Boston, you know, you look up and, and the Patriots still the Patriots and will always be the Patriots and second in, in the American league or the AFC, I should say. Um, and you look up after the Red Sox win the world series and the Bruins are right there in the playoffs, but not, as good as they're doing as, as good as they thought they would be doing. And mainly because Buffalo has just been on fire. But the other thing is the Celtics have been a huge disappointment in Boston. And uh, last year, everyone wanted Brad Stevens to win coach of the year. And this season they want, you know, they're like, Oh, is it time to get rid of him? Or they're everyone's blaming, uh, blaming Gordon here, Gordon Hayward's because uh, he was hurt all last year and this year he's not. So it's, it's just funny how, how things work and how quickly people turn on, on everyone else. But uh, no, yeah. Bruins recap their defense needs to stay healthy and, and uh, Tuca needs to figure out whatever he's got going on in his personal life. Cause strange story, Jordy, did you hear about this? I have not heard about this. So Tuca Rask, uh, I want to say a couple weeks ago, went out and took a well left the team and they said it was for personal matters to offend attend uh, a family business personal matters and tuka was gone for about three four days maybe to like a weekend okay series and originally they said indefinitely like he's out dealing with stuff and, and the rumor was he was you know wasn't playing well a year. So mentally he was like, you know, he, he needed a break or whatever. So people were ripping him, being like mental break day. He comes back and three to four days later. And everyone's like, okay, if it was like a death, it's more than four days. If it was a birth of a kid, you know, if it was something crazy, it's, you know, it's more than just a three day or two game. You know, you, you miss more than just two games. Right. Um, or maybe whatever. So, that like they would give a reason, like if it was a birth in the family, you give a reason. Death in the family, you say bereavement, right? So um, he just disappeared, left, and came back. Done decently since he's come back, playing two three games since he's been back, but still, still super sketchy, still 
super like everyone's questioning what happened, what happened, what happened. And the funny thing is, Jordy, the rumors out there right now circling, um, play with a bunch of guys from Winthrop, play with a bunch of guys from Eastie, and you know, the rumors that everyone's hearing is, you know, three things. You ready for this? Okay. One, uh, problem with his baby mama. Oh. Yeah. Uh, two, some sort of sex scandal. Uh. Yeah. Uh, and three is someone beat up his baby mama or his wife. So- something happened where one of the women in his life got hit or beat up and he was, everyone was afraid that he was going to get blamed for it or something like that. So not good, not good rumors, not great. Um, and certainly, certainly not something you'd like to see. (laughs) Um, but I mean, for a guy who the Bruins really made their franchise goalie, um, you hate to see him leave for unexcused absences, you know, or, or sort of un not unexcused, but you'd like to know what, what is going on. Uh, I guess that goes back to how much are we really owed? And we have to remember that they're people too, and all that. And, you know, I get that. And I respect that. I do, but, um, you know, it's just, I don't know, something, something to think about, something to keep, uh, Keep in mind, keep in the back of your head for looking forward, moving forward, Jordy. No, I'll keep an eye out on this. But Greg, I think that's going to do it for us. All right, good go, first episode. I think. Hey, when when you're doing this, go back and cut the whole Tuca thing. All right, I can go cut that. It wasn't great. It was a terrible story. I liked. That. I was enjoy. I was enthralled by it. I looked it up. His his interview was pretty. Uh, just kind of. I'm a family man. I was spending time with my family. That's exactly. nothing more important to me than my family. Yeah. So it's an interesting story. Definitely got to keep an eye out on it. Yeah, for sure. But anyway, Greg, great first episode. We'll be back. We're going to figure out how frequent we're going to do this. If you guys have a thought, you want to see it weekly every two weeks. We're kind of leaning towards the ladder right now. But if you want it weekly, uh, let us know in the comments. We're kind of figuring out how we're going to keep the format going. Make sure you uh, guys terms of, make sure everyone harasses Jordy on Twitter and Instagram about his non iPhone. And he's the, he's the guy in group chats that's green messages. He's the guy, uh, that can't do, uh, FaceTime. He's, he's that, oh, I can, he's can do FaceTime. He's that a hole FaceTimes, buddy. He's that a hole. He's that a hole that you have to use. You have to use Facebook messenger to, uh, to, <laughs> to FaceTime with. No, my phone does FaceTime. <laughs> That's fake news. Fake news. Uh, but anyway, Greg, thank you so much for coming on, even though you're phone shaming me. Don't fo- it's 2018. Don't phone shame me. <laughs> but everybody, follow along. The bullpen card on iTunes. Go subscribe to the podcast. Thunder BLG on Twitter. Thunderbugsports.com is the website. Uh, I'm going to – I promise you guys I'll – try to explain everything as i can uh we're gonna get start getting the blogs back up especially for the end of the college football season greg thank you as always my man blue line icing blue line icing podcast go flyers i still believe i still believe i'm not giving up on this team go believe go bees have a good night everybody peace Go go bees